the spell i am sitting in the heat of my apartment as i'm sure a lot of you in the northern hemisphere are and i am very very happy today to have a guest i'm gonna also just preface this with an apology in advance if you hear some power tools i do live in a city and there is some building happening apparently um so yeah Today, I'm very excited to have Diana Rose on my podcast today after putting out some questions to y'all on my Instagram, and I got some really cool responses, but I loved Diana's responses and thought, why don't you come on the podcast? If you don't know Diana, um, they are a astrologer, tarot reader, energy worker, writer, and educator. Not only are they a phenomenal reader... And I've experienced their sessions. They're just a cool, rad-ass human who's also one of the co-creators of the Rosebud Tarot. And they've done so many contributions to Norwalk and to different um, media. Um, I think I've seen you on a few different things. Um, but I'm going to shut up and let Diana say hello. <laughs> Hi, Marcella. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how, what do I even... What do I even say except like, hey, it's good to see you and it's good to chat. (laughs) Yeah, so so good to see you. Lord says hello. Hi, Lord. (laughs) Precious angel I swear she was was like annoyed that I came back. Uh, (laughs) She got to hang out with Diana uh, while I was away in Portland. Was it that trip or no? Yeah, no, it was when you were were officiating. Yes, I was officiating and... Mm -hmm. uh, I loved, um, yeah, it's funny because like sometimes she'll be really stoked that I'm back. And then other times, like if she likes who's, she really liked you having you here. She was kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> we had such a chill time just like, like hanging out on are, the rug. I think you both have like, don't you have like, you both have your son in the 12th house or something. Yeah. And we also both have some Libra placements, but I know like she's actually a Libra and I'm a Sagittarius and Sagittarius and Libras can be pretty copacetic. So, okay. Yeah. 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 And she's got a Sag moon. Yes. Oh, that's totally it. I also have a Sag moon. So like Sag moon for Sag moon life. It's just like, you know, Mm -hmm. the right amount of like, I know you need your space, but also it's comforting to like chill and, you know, like, I was reading when I was hanging out at your place, I was reading that, um, uh, that essay Chakraborty series, the David Bod trilogy. And I feel like Lord could feel the story coming through my brain while I was reading it. It's just like, yeah, I do want to have an adventure to a fantasy gin landscape (laughs) with like political turmoil and magic. Like, okay, cool. That's her jam. Yeah. <laughs> that is her jam. To- yeah. Totally. And yes, if you're wondering like what I, yes, I did my familiar's chart. I had to, like, yeah. I, I had to, I just, I know her hatch day. I mean, I was like, I gotta look this up. It's too good. Yeah. Um, it makes so much sense. 
I actually had a composite reading done once between her and I. And um, I remember they were like, oh yeah, like you both sit perfectly like in complementary places for each other. And I thought that was really fascinating. Also Mm -hmm. because my North Node and Pluto are in Libra and I'm like, and she's a Libra. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. It's faded. She's just gonna, she's going to very slightly and lovingly judge you into being your best self. She really does. (laughs) I mean, she really, really does. Yeah. Um, With the perfect side eye as well. Well, how, gosh, you know, I got some really cool questions, um, you know, and I was like, your questions really kind of, they were, I was like, oh yes. Oh yes. I kept being like, yes. Um, I'm going to open up some of these can- like questions and I thought maybe we could answer them together and talk a little bit about what's going on with the astrology or anything else. But um, let's start here. Let's see. Because some of these I feel like, like, I'd love to hear, okay, let's see. Someone said, I'd love to hear about developing, tapping into our innate intuition. Mm. Hmm. Well, developing and tapping into our innate intuition. I think it's starting with the little things, right? Like it it doesn't have to be this like loud, necessarily loud voice of command, like go this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not that like the heavens opening up and like Mufasa, like giving you instructions. (laughs) Right. That's yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool when that happens, but that's usually more because you haven't been listening than actually tapping into your own intuition, right? Like, I feel like, um, I feel like for me, a lot of it has been not tapping in, but mm-hmm. being able to notice when it's happening because it's happening all the time, right? Like. Like every time you make like a split second decision on some level, intuition is at play. It might be mm-hmm. intuition mixed with like coping mechanisms or survival responses or trauma responses or whatever. Um, but also it's like, it's literally just always there. It's always there. It's always speaking. Just the way that your heart's always beating and you're always breathing. It's almost like a brainstem kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and cultivating it to me at least, it's more cultivating explicit listening than cultivating it as in it's not there and you have to make it appear. Right. I I love that. I also think that we don't give ourselves enough time a lot of the time. Like everything is so scheduled, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that really helped me remember the playfulness of my intuition or connecting to it was... Um, and I haven't done this in so long, right? Uh, so I need to do this again. Mm-hmm. It's like, I even remember waking up and being like, okay, like I'd have like a day off or something or a couple of days and I'd be like, okay, I know that like there are always things to be done, but like on this day off, I'm going to let my intuition be the boss in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm going to not set the alarm. I'm going to mm-hmm. allow my body to wake up when it wants to wake up. And I'm going to tune in and go, what do, what does my body need right now? Sometimes it'd be like a glass of water or it wanted coffee or it, you would be surprised like what your body wants versus what we automatically do. And then 
I dive, you know, I connect in again and be like, what do I want to do today? Mm-hmm. And I would like, I saw a person that I was friends with, like in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to like, I know they're working, but I'm going to go head over that direction, mm-hmm. you know, or just like, and then that led me to, you should take a drive down the PC. Okay, great. And then that led me to like another thing. And then, and then even like leaving, I was like, I think it's time for me to go. And I, and it was middle of the day and I like, there was no traffic. It was really beautiful, like way of like following even like where to go without mm-hmm. touching the phone or the map, you know, where do I go? What do I do? Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's, it's when you have the space or the time, if you can have that little bit of free time where you don't schedule anything mm-hmm. and see what your inner clock is trying to tell you what to do instead of the lists of, Oh, I have to do this, this, mm-hmm. this, this you know, cause it kind of kills your intuition in a lot of ways. I find yeah. when there's no free time, mm-hmm. there has to be a lot of breathing room. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you're listening to somebody or you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they just keep like, they're obviously not listening to you because like, they're so busy over here in their own head and like, they're so focused on what the next thing needs to be. And you're just like, bro, I'm trying to tell you a story. And you're just like talking about what you're trying to get accomplished in your like big boy job or whatever. Right. Um, you know, it's like that feeling is kind of the same feeling that your own inner voice can have. If you're like, I want to listen to you, but first I have to get through my to-do list. First, I have to figure out all of this stuff. Meanwhile, your intuition is like, you literally could ask me for help. And if you actually listened to me, maybe you would feel both more clarity and less stressed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, ding, ding, ding. It just like set off an alarm. Something that like my brain was going to earlier is like, I can't have people like I can't be on the phone with somebody or have someone over if they're not present. Like mm-hmm. if they're like going just through the list in their mind, like that's not care. Like that's oh. not quality time together. Mm-mm. It makes me feel like I can feel your to-do list and you're stressed out and you you're want to be anywhere but here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sometimes a lot of times when I can feel that, or if I'm hearing that, like on the other end of the phone, I'm just like, I got to go. Like, yeah, it can't can't hang. Yeah, like I don't need your undivided. Like I get it. Like we can't all focus, but like be present. Mm-hmm. Be be present. It's the same thing with like when I'm doing a session with people. I'm like, no, turn off the notifications. Like get off the phone. Don't be driving. Like you have to be present. You have to be here. You actually yeah. have to be here. Yeah. And it's like, you can be here even if it's just a small amount of time. I think this is something that like I can get caught up in where I'm just like, oh, I really want like a whole day where I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes all you can really give yourself is like an hour or a half an hour. And that's like enough. It's like, um, like, I don't know if you're like meeting up with a friend for like coffee or lunch or something like that. And you know that either you have an appointment or they have an appointment that doesn't prevent you from being present. Right. For the time that you do have. Yeah. You know, definitely. definitely. Um, let's see tips for cleansing a home from bad energies or placing good intentions in a space. Mm. I mean, I talk about this kind of stuff and I've talked about it before, but it's like, people don't give enough, um, 
I think reverence for the land they're on or the spaces they're in. Like they, and I've been guilty of this too, or I've just shown up and been like, I'm here, get out energies. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily all bad energies. It's just like there is residual energies like stored in mm-hmm. spaces and places. And I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm here. So I take precedence instead mm-hmm. of, um, you know, I'm here. Can I be a good steward to this space? Mm-hmm. And yes, bad energies can come and go. And clearing is, you know, and clearing it is is important. But just as much as what are you putting back into it? So, um, some people think you know you're just going to smudge a place and it's going to clear everything and everything will be fine. <laughs> it's like no, that that's not how it works. Like, you know, um, or expecting like the expectation the instant gratification that's the other thing sometimes things take more than just like one floor wash you know Mm -hmm. you have to constantly almost like the way we feed altars or spell work or rituals it's like you kind of have to feed your home too yeah you know 100 100 and i also think there's some value in just like literal physical cleaning Mm -hmm. right like is it bad vibes or is it that you have dust bunnies in the corner that like would like to move on with their life cycle, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, just even thinking about, it's like, is it bad energy or did you piss off like one of the land spirits or the house spirits, you know, if we're operating from more animistic or relational like viewpoint, then it's not so much about kicking people out, but being like, Hey, what do you need? I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were here. Like, I want to be on good terms with you. Like, what does it mean to like do reparation work with like your local folks rather than being like, I don't like you. You were, you like gave me the stink eye. So you have to leave. (laughs) It's like, did they give you the stink eye or did you just like interrupt them when they were in the middle of something and now you have bad vibes? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I There's think offerings are huge, you know, just like a, like a general offering. Like, yeah. Well, that's uh, the thing. People always like, what do I offer? Right. What do I offer? Water, incense, candle, candle, candlelight. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. Exactly. And as you develop a relationship, maybe you realize that like, you know, the spirit that makes your fridge sound really funny actually just wants you to leave a pat of butter out for it, you know, like, yeah. well, and, yeah. and some people, I tell people too, like you can also offer yourself mm-hmm. as like a vehicle, but the thing is you better make sure that you, you honor that, mm-hmm. you know, like, don't say I'm going to be the offering and then don't actually like be a stu- good steward for that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, offerings, incense, like you said, water, smoke, like a little bit of your food, like leaving mm-hmm. a spirit plate, like things like that. Um, Singing. I, I find how spirits really like songs. Songs, yeah. Like I found that to be the case in a lot of different like places where I've stayed, like whether it's a place that I like live in or I'm just visiting. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I always do this thing when I travel where I call it my pro bono work where... Mm. I, you know, grid the space and, um, can you hear this? Barely. Okay, good. I don't, it's just very loud to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I can hardly hear it. Okay. Um, so, but like, I will, you know, a lot of times I'll help spirits like move on, you know, or help 
like kind of that's part of me like traveling through is like helping them kind of feel something or give them an offering that they need or especially when I'm traveling and um but that's something that you know and that's not for everybody not everybody mm-hmm. like wants to be that but it it's um I found that to be pretty like uh important on a soul level for me to do mm-hmm. um, you know um it's like one thing I can do in this vessel while I'm here and feel mm-hmm. good about um but yeah, there's like, there's so many, you know, things like with that. Okay. I'm going to move forward on to like, there's a couple here that are kind of hilarious and, um, how to not be rude to readers. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that one. Yes. I love you know, like, I think one of the things that, I think is really important whenever you're interacting with a diviner Mm -hmm. is to not expect them to have the answer Mm -hmm. that will scratch your egoic itch. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something about, you know, it's like, do not give over all of your agency to a reader. Like that's usually people aren't consenting to having your agency to carrying your agency for you, (laughs) right? You have to carry your agency. You have to bring your own discernment. Um, And then, you know, if you are receiving information that is challenging to hear, Mm -hmm. like don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like a lot of people don't know how to react, respond. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is like increasing your, like increasing your independent capacity to be with uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. And to recognize that if you're having an uncomfortable feeling, like that's your feeling that you're having. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not necessarily coming from someone else at you, especially in something like a conversation you're having with a reader that you opted into, right? Like you're not being attacked. I think there's a twofold thing though, too. Like, mm-hmm. and I will say this just from experience, like it took me a long time to kind of know how to hold space for people. And mm-hmm. I, so there's like two sides of it, right? Like the side of like, as a reader, Do you hear that? <laughs> like I heard like kind of a grumble, but that's it. It it's it sounded almost like somebody's tummy being like, it's oh, like, snack time. <laughs> it's the tr- someone's dragging the trash cans out. Um, uh, okay. So I would say this is a couple of things. And, um, you know, the twofold aspect is it took me a long time to also like, I don't, I'm not like a, literary genius or anything so like learning how to hold space and have the correct words it took me a long time Mm. in interactions and I will say there are a lot of readers and people who hold space out there that maybe don't have Mm. a ton of experience they can read but they don't have a ton of experience holding space so Mm -hmm. I think that's real there and then there's the aspect of their clients that you know, maybe react uh, because they're triggered in an uncomfortable way and take it out on the messenger. So I think it's like, just do your due diligence and like, don't expect, like, I don't know, like 
I don't know, like there is a reason there are so many different types of readers out there. You're not going to jive with everybody. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm not going to like, I, even as someone who's been getting readings for years and giving them for years, like I actually don't like, I'm very particular, even though mm-hmm. I get readings all the time. I'm like, I don't like harsh readers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like it. I don't respond well. Like it doesn't yeah. help me where some people like it. Some people love to be spanked in a reading. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally don't, and I don't like doing that to other people. Yep. Um, but I think like figure, like do your research on both, you know, and um, mo- mostly though, like do your research as a client mm-hmm. to see like, is this actually a good fit? Like, do I jive with this person? Do we speak kind of a language where we can hear and respect each other, um, you know, and, and get like the, and also just like, also know that they're not, a, your reader is not a bodhisattva. They're a human mm-hmm. being. Yep. And, you know, like you're triggered. So you're going to like poke them back. Like, that's really not cool. Like I've had some of the rudest things said to me in readings before by clients, mostly by strangers, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not, the way it was for me in the beginning. Um, I think uh, fortunately, because more and more people are, you know, getting readings now and they know what to expect or they have a different kind of thing, but it, there, there was also a mystique about it. Like mm-hmm. you get readings and they were kind of cryptic and weird and like, they didn't have all the answers or that's the other thing. There's an expectation sometimes I think that the way I don't know if it's because of social media or the way things that people think you should have the immediate answer. And sometimes the answer takes a few, like, it doesn't come to you right then, or it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. You know, the amount of people said like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And then like six months later, they're like, oh my God, you remember? All you of a sudden this? it made so much sense. And yeah, it's, it's like, like- you have to give yeah. them space to kind of like come into view and it doesn't always make sense in the moment, but that's the beauty of receiving a reading and also being able to tap into those like energies or frequencies mm-hmm. or visions or whatever and offer that as a service. So I also say like, I'm not saying don't do readings if you don't have that much experience. I think you should, because that's how you're going to get experience, but don't be afraid to just say, I don't know. Yeah. Which is hard, I think, for a lot of people because they worry about losing clients or they worry about not being taken seriously because they're like, I don't know. There are times I say, I don't know. Yeah. I love admitting when I don't know something. Like I love coming face to face in a session and being like, you know what? I've never looked into that. So I can't, I can't give you an informed opinion because I have no information to form an opinion with really. Um, It's like, like to me, it's like, oh, cool. Now I get to go learn something. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I also think there's something like really crucial to remembering that, you know, like like you were just saying, it's like diviners are human. We're not omniscient. We're not supposed to be omniscient. If any of us were omniscient, it would be a problem, actually. Right. Um, you know, it's like diviners are helpers along the path, but yeah. not... Like not, it's like we, none of us made the path for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We can just tell you what we can see of the terrain and what we know about that kind of terrain and what we are being given informationally about what that terrain is for you. Yeah. Yeah. I am a firm believer too, that you're not gonna, if you're working with like an ethical 
reader. You're not going to get anything you're not ready to hear, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, if you don't understand something someone says in a session and you do get it six months later, it's like how much of it was like time needed to unfold and how much of it is like you were still ripening to the point of being able to hear Mm -hmm. that on a, on the level that you needed to. Totally. Um, there's, where is the other one? Oh, everything that makes it possible oops, to actually see clients mm. from the reader's perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think? Mm. I mean, so for me, like this is change. It changes mm-hmm. obviously because it like depends on what else is happening. Like body context, financial context, living context, like what else is happening in a life. Um, you know, I know that for me, like I'm somebody who's had like a lot of housing transients. Like I've moved Mm. around a lot in my adult life and, you know, moving has become more exhausting Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older. So feeling like I have my own space and like I have my own office area that I get to just like demarcate that isn't just me and my body like that is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, eating well, sleeping well, um, you know, being compensated appropriately for my skills. So that way, you know, I am not carrying around survival fear. Like I find that, um, like survival anxiety can negatively impact the, um, generosity of the flow of information that comes through. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, we could talk about like energetic hygiene stuff of just like, mm-hmm. you know, certain kinds of literal boundaries and energy boundaries and like cleansing practices and grounding practices and, you know, like uh, even just thinking about it, it's like like being able to hold, like, I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not, you know, whenever I'm having a conversation with somebody, the goal is not to answer all their questions perfectly. Yeah. The goal is to have like a good and humane conversation with them that right. is going to be nourishing for them. So there's like this release of the egoic performance thing that I think is right. so That's important. The, the performance aspect, yeah. you know, and it's like, um, like for me is like what I need to like be a good, like p- makes it possible for me to see clients is having a balance of like, like, um, nourishment. I, I need nourishment. I need, I've got less and less play these days, but I need play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been realizing how much like less play that there has been in my life in the last couple of years, but which is, um, made it harder for me. Yeah. To see people. Um, mm-hmm. and on top of like health stuff, you know, and like feeling supported, that kind of thing. But it is that balance. Cause I don't think people realize like, and I know it's different for everybody, but like I am, it's hard for me. Um, I can't do as many readings as I used to like in mm-hmm. a week without completely burning out. Like, mm-hmm. And because it's like, I just like forget everything I'm doing. It's like how I don't, I'm not human. The days I'm working, I don't know how to do basic human things. So I have to prep things ahead of time mm-hmm. or it does, doesn't get done. Cause mm-hmm. like, wh- who's going to help me? My bearded right. dragon? No. 
like, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, if only Lord could make stew, right. You know, or rub yeah. my feet or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, just be like, it's okay. I'll make you a, a sandwich. <laughs> like, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, there's a lot of things, you know, I, um, mm. you know, that are, are needed, you know, and, and, and finding again, finding balance, right. Because we're not machines. And I think I have my own, you know, my own ableism, internalized ableism with my work. You know, I've been Mm. taught from a really young age for a couple of things like that. You will work, you work from the moment it's illegal for you to work. And I think it also, for me was an escape. Like I knew that the sooner I was able to go to work, the sooner I could make money, the sooner I could move and leave that hole I was in. So what did I do at 16? I didn't get one job. I got two (laughs) and I was going to school. Like who does what 16 year old does that? But I wanted to buy my own clothes. I wanted to move out. And then, you know, obviously other things fell by the wayside, but like I've been conditioned to like be in that survival panic mode. Mm -hmm. And it's the other thing that like having to find that balance because I, hate seeing people in pain right and people are like oh you're so good at boundaries I'm like yeah because I have shit boundaries that's why I'm you know I have to be good at years like anyone crying or upset or in crisis who was the first one there I'm here and I'm with you and then you know what would happen I would I'm leveled depleted I'm sick I'm a mess and now I have and be like you're so cold. You don't care. And I'm like, no, it's actually the opposite of that. Because if I don't, I will, I've worked myself to death before in this process, like doing Mm -hmm. this work. Like I remember in like early to like between 2010 to 2013, I was working in ways that were so unhealthy. I wasn't eating. I was just working, 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 seeing clients. I looked like emaciated in a weird Mm, way, Yeah, but like not like I, I, I was not healthy, like mm-hmm. at all, but, but I was a, a shell of myself yeah. helping people. Yep. And like, yeah, sorry. It's just like, it's like the, there's like this aspect of like, you can't keep doing if you have nothing to give. Yes. No? I think one of the important things as like people who sit and one-on-one work with people, especially whenever we're like in positions of sort of I don't know, like being in communication with aspects of like energetic fields that are Mm -hmm. outside of consensus reality, Mm -hmm. right? Like kind of like a little outside of normative consciousness. Like that's also kind of exiting the body a little bit, but it's still relying on the body to be the grounding, the grounding tool. You know, the thing that it's like the, like the, the body as how we are able to even do this work, but also the body is a limiter when it comes to how much we can do and what quality of work we can do and like how intensely we can do it. It's like, um, you know, it's like the body has to be fed and rested and nourished and um, like rejuvenated with things like play and enjoyment and inspiration and all of this other kind of stuff. Like I have to read, I have to read good fiction because it's so 
imaginatively and spiritually restorative. And then it also almost always immediately becomes applicable in my client sessions where it's just like, I think I'm just doing it because it makes my brain feel nice and my body feel nice. And then it ends up like two weeks later, I'm having a conversation with somebody I could not have had if I hadn't read that fiction. Right. So it ends up Mm. being weird like that too. But it's like, like the, if we're going to be sustainable in the work that we're doing, we have to recognize our limitations yeah. and work at, you know, like sometimes we can increase our limits. Sometimes we can increase our capacity. And sometimes we just have to be like, I actually burned through a lot of my credit early on when I was doing this to survive. And I was doing this because I didn't have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so now there's just like, there's some erosion in the foundations. We can, (laughs) we can, we can strut it up and stuff like that, but we can't have you know, a seven floor building on this foundation, like we can only really have two because that's how much strength there is, you know, like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird metaphor, but. No, but it makes sense. It's like, you can't, you, you know, you have to like really evaluate where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to look, that's the other thing I just want to tell you, like if you are a reader or an aspiring reader or healer, like it's going to look different for everyone. So Mm -hmm. don't base your model like on someone else's practice, you know, because I've, I've had other, I've, I had other readers when I was like kind of, you know, early on, they'd be like, what, why aren't you doing it like this? Or people that worked in like nine to fives would be like, oh, you should be doing this, this, and this, and like had me on some crazy, like, and I thought like, I was, I was like, what am I a slacker? Am I lazy? Like what the hell's wrong with me? Like I couldn't keep up with the things they're like, Mm -hmm. well, if you were really connected to spirit, it wouldn't drain you. And I'm like, Oh my God, I hate that stuff so much. (laughs) I hate that stuff so much because it's like, you know, for some people that is how their work happens, right? right? For some people, like their combination of situational context stuff Mm -hmm. means that, like how spirit can plug in and express through them doesn't also come up against like the friction of their bodies Mm -hmm. or like their bodies are actually nourished by it. Some people it's just like, that's really tiring. And that's one of the things where it's like, I was having this conversation on threads the other day, actually, (laughs) of just like, (laughs) you know, for some people, the one-on-one work can be the bread and the butter. Yeah. Right. And I'm someone for whom that's not the case. And that's in part because I know that my capital W work isn't, isn't the one-on-one work. The one-on-one work, I love it. Right. I love it so much. I wish that I had a greater capacity for it. But my capital W work requires me to have just enough one-on-one work to be functional for me in terms of like, you know, one, I love having conversations with people and two, like you know, the practice and three, the like financials, like all that kind of stuff. Right. But like the actual capital W work requires me to have a lot of time where I'm just kind of like walking around or laying on the ground. (laughs) Um, and you know, being at my altar, being in prayer, being in devotion, like that's, that's where that that's the center and then the one-on-one work is just part of the ecology surrounding that's, that center and that's how it is for me too it's like there have been times where that one-on work one-on-one work has become the primary and it's like any it, it's like it can't be the primary mm-hmm. like it's not it is important it's part of the 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 umbrella but it's not mm-hmm. the whole thing it's like yeah my art and creation and classes and me mm-hmm. even traveling to teach yeah is, part of the work, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and so 
as I'm getting, you know, uh, older and I just want to kind of try to find more of a healthy balance of it and not rely just on the one-on-ones, um, you know, because it, they suck the life out of me when I make it the only thing they become yes. like, enjoyable because it's not me like listening to the other parts of mm. things that need to be expressed or tended to. I'm being reminded of like just like literal physical diet stuff mm-hmm. where it seems like there are some people maybe for their whole lives or maybe just for part of their lives, they can like subsist on like three different things. Like, you know, somebody's eating like, um, like Doritos, corn dogs and mm-hmm. like Coca-Cola and something about their constitution means like somehow they're getting all the nutrients, yeah. <laughs> right? And they can do that forever. They live to be a hundred. They've been smoking a pack a day since they were 25. Like it makes no sense mm-hmm. really. And then there are people who are just like, I look at an ice cream and I'm going to collapse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's like, none of this is about morality or ethics. It's really just like, what do you constitutionally need in order to have a sustainable life where you get to, you know, give your greatest contribution? Right. Well, I try to say that to people too, like people like I've had people kind of be like, well, you get your nails done, you do your hair, you do this. I'm like, if I don't do those things, like I'm a shell. Like yeah. I, I need, these are not like just wants, and mm-hmm. desires like these are these are needs in order yes. for me to feel okay being here to do yes. this work 100 percent. and those are the things that usually go the first and i'm not yeah. it's it's not altruistic for me to not take care of myself yes like and then yes. sit here and tell you to take care of yourself like yes. that's bullshit so yes 100 <laughs> like it's like i have to do these things because I just genuinely, I genuinely feel like more alive and more okay being here when I am in touch with the physical aspect of me, not just being this like talking head. Yes. Um, yes. I know. agree so intensely. Like, like the moment that I was just like, oh no, my wardrobe needs to be mm-hmm. not the most practical possible mm-hmm. wardrobe, but like the wardrobe that f- literally feels good to wear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is delight inducing because in this life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like, you know, we've talked about this before. It's just like every single thing that makes it more, um, tolerable, not mm-hmm. delightful, necessarily tolerable yes. to be here, which is inclusive of delightful things, mm-hmm. right? Every, everything that contributes to it being more tolerable is necessary for certain kinds of people. And I think both you and I are those kinds of people where it's just like, if I have zero, like I had this year of like almost complete anhedonia a couple of years ago, the only Mm. thing that really gave me pleasure was perfume. And that was the year that I was just like, the part of me that says it's a waste of money to get perfume, I cannot listen to you. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, there is nothing in this life that is pleasurable to me. And that is dangerous because I know I'm not allowed to leave on my own terms. <laughs> right. right, right? right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so then it was just like, cool, I guess I'm getting perfume from Lunea every single month now. Right. Because <laughs> that's that's it's how I'm ex- going to sustain. Yeah, it's how you sustain. It's how you enjoy being in a body. It's like... Mm-hmm. You know, I also think about this, like we talk so much about, you know, you hear people, your ancestors, your ancestors, your ancestors, 
And then you're trying to like get, get people to be commodified or look a particular way or not mm-hmm. feel into themselves or, you know, express themselves. And something, you know, someone shared with me, I, I got this like iridology reading. Like iridology? In, yeah. I've had it. Ha- so I've had iridologies where they read your eye. Whoa. And they, I've had it That's done before cool. for health and it was fucking mind blowing. Right. Yeah. Like, and I found it really profound. And then a couple months ago, I was in Denver for INATS. It's an international mm-hmm. new age trade show. It's like my first time doing anything like this because I have a publisher now and mm-hmm. they were like, come out, <laughs> you know? So I, anyway, there was a woman there who was like, I'm doing these ancestor readings by reading your eyeball. And, you know, it was, it was interesting because she got, she started to get really emotional and I was like, what, what's up? <laughs> like, you know, like, and she's just like, wow, like you are literally like, there's a lot, a lot of like suppression and religious mm-hmm. and like suppression and like expression repression and people in your lineages that had to give up their mm-hmm. art form or creativity to go to war. Or things like that. Mm. And she's like, you literally are anytime, like you're here to express yourself. Like, yeah, that is like every decoration thing you do put on, like, it's like when you are creating, Mm -hmm. whether it's like you are drawing or you are dressing up, like, or you're dancing or you're visible, you're channeling, like you're giving them permission to do what they couldn't do. And like, mm-hmm. and it, it made me like, so healing. It was so healing, but it was also like, wow. Like, and I still get, even though we live in a pretty like, like liberated place mm-hmm. comparatively, mm-hmm. there's still so much judgment, you know, yeah. people like, how dare you do this? How mm-hmm. dare you do that? You know, I've, I started getting some of these like more ancestral related tattoos in the last few years, like especially in the last five years. And, you know, people who re- get really triggered mm-hmm. by what did you do to your body? Like, well, like it, it and it shouldn't matter. But it's like it's still being I'm going to enjoy this body. It's mine. Mm-hmm. And not everybody gets the luxury of being able to do that. And yeah. no one in my lineages really had that luxury. Yep. Um, so it's just interesting. It's like, I don't like being here. I adamantly and vehemently talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like how I have a hard time being here and I'm in therapy. Please don't worry. I have a therapist and a psychiatrist and I'm sober and I'm, you know, I'm on meds. That's the other thing I started, you know, and a lot of people have opinions about that. And it's just been two weeks now, but it's my first time ever on antidepressants. And I just want to be okay being here because I know I have shit to do and I have tried to leave on my own terms multiple times since, you know, I was eight was the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time to not want to be somewhere. So, and I'm still here. So I'm trying to make it work Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to enjoy the physical vessel while I have it. And even if for me, it's like, okay, I can't get tattooed, but I'm going to get a new lipstick. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to mm-hmm. do things that like make me feel like having this body. I can put a costume and feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really uh, a trip. And I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. 
No, it's okay. Like I'm actually thinking about what we were talking about at the beginning with intuition and how it's Mm. like some amount of engaging with intuition is just like listening because it's there. Um, You know, some part of it is like removing the things that prevent you from hearing it Mm -hmm. because it's not that it's not singing. It's that you're not hearing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's something about like that, which allows you to like actually be in relationship with like the like radiant golden vitality of being alive. Right. And it's like some, some people have real easy access to that. They don't have to try. Yeah. Right. Like nothing has come in and like impeded their ability to just enjoy aliving. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Which like, bless, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, I want you to know, like you're, that's not actually the default for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, and it's, so it's like everything that helps to erode barriers to enjoying being alive. And then everything that like allows that like vital, like bubbliness to like actually come up and forth. Mm -hmm. That shit is so precious and it's so necessary, especially like in a time period where it's like, you know, we might have our own individual opinions about whether or not we would like to remain incarnate. (laughs) (laughs) And also like there's this entire planet covered in just like the most gorgeous, beautiful, epic, like mind blowing life. Mm -hmm. And certain segments of the human population over the past several centuries have been getting in the way of those parts of the earth really being able to fully enjoy their aliveness. So it's like if part of my job is to be here and be alive enough to be a contributor to like promoting the lifeness rather than the like exploitation and colonization and objectification, then whatever the fuck I need to do, whatever the fuck I need to be engaging with, whatever permission I need to give myself to play with things that I might otherwise dismiss as shallow or silly, but that let me feel good about being alive. I need to let myself feel good about being alive. It serves the mission. <laughs> Absolutely. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah, you just, you just, yeah, it's all there. It's all yeah. there. Well, and, with that, you know, with the nodes changing right now that the nodes have shifted, into Aries and Libra. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, me personally, I feel good about it in terms mm-hmm. of supporting that kind of mindset and um, being alive, you know, and being, yes. like, in, and being able to enjoy finding pleasure in that. Yeah. You know, um, do you, like, I'd love to hear maybe just if you have any thoughts on, you know, with these notes, how people can really access this energy in a way that feels like a good North star for them, a good compass. Like mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to enjoy um, some of this energy? Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of the things I've been thinking about with the North node specifically moving into Aries is instincts, right? Like what is the forward motion that you just do? You're not thinking about it. Like there's very much like just do it energy or like I was rewatching the labyrinth yesterday. Cause I'm trying to like, engage with all of these childhood things that are core parts of my lore, you know, (laughs) and like, you know, it's like the scene with the fire gang, you know, just like these gangly red Muppets, just like really being alive and like tossing their body parts around and they're totally durable and it's fine. You know, it's like really funny. Um, you know, that's like, that to me is really Aries North node energy of just like, you can throw your own head around. So throw your own head around. Don't throw anybody else's head. That's against the rules. 
But you can throw your own head around as much as you want and like play with what it means to like pursue things from this like instinctual and like the fire, the fire side of intuition rather than like the water or earthy side of intuition. You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then with like South Node and Libra, I'm thinking a lot about like, what are all of the people pleasing like strategies that you have? Even if you don't identify as a people pleaser, because we live in a society, there are absolutely tendencies in you that are oriented around people pleasing on some level right um you know like what are the what are the ways that you people please or you compromise or you um you know adhere to expect other people's expectations that actually get in the way of you accessing your own aliveness remembering that accessing your own aliveness is not an excuse to be a dick (laughs) like don't be don't be an asshole about it you know yeah Um, But like, if there are aspects of your own aliveness that you're cutting your, like you're using other people to cut yourself off from yourself, get rid of that shit. Mm -hmm. Discard it. Learn how to deal with other people's, like other people, maybe not loving what it is you're choosing to do. Yeah. Because if they don't love your authentic self, they never loved you to begin with. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. Wow. It's a potent Potent uh, insight into that, you know. I'm thinking about it. It's interesting. Is it's my nodal reversal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like opposite of what I came here to kind of do, and like, but I finally feel like I can harness some of that. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I've got like a safety deposit box full of fucking Aries energy that, like, um, the one thing, even though I get annoyed about it, it's like it has brought me to places that I didn't know I was afraid of and mm. already there. And I was like, yeah, oh shit, I'm here. Like, it would be like being pushed out on a stage, but not planning it. And then yeah. going, it's like, you're, and then all of a sudden you're blinded by the stage lights and you don't get to go back. <laughs> no, you're like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to roll with it. And, um, you know, and, 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 um, yeah, like, I love what you said too. Like, cutting off those tendencies, even if we don't think we have them, we do yeah. on certain levels. Like, you know, yeah. we're constantly seeking the outer validation. Like, am I doing a good job? Is this the right way to go? Is this that? Mm-hmm. Because there's plenty, there's always going to be someone telling you you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be somebody who loves what you're doing and there's always going to be somebody who hates what you're doing. Yes. And the thing that actually matters is if you're doing what you know is right for you to do. Yeah. People tell, people will, you know, and, and, and the thing is, even if it's not necessarily the right thing for you to be doing, but like, you need to learn that on your own, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. need to learn that. And and I, would, I would say that if you need to be learning it, you're doing the right thing. Even if it's a right thing that you choose to stop doing because you learn it's not the right thing after you've learned about it. <laughs> sure. No, totally. Totally. I say to you, it's like, it's never the people who are doing I don't know. The people who are doing. The people who are clearly in their own lane and actually focused on their own thriving and focused on upholding other people's ability to thrive are not the ones critiquing you. No, exactly. Yeah. That's the word. So that's, those are the words. (laughs) (laughs) I could feel it. I could feel it. I was just like, like happy people, happy people aren't haters and haters aren't happy people. Right. Right. Well, I always say it's like, it's so it's never the person like, who's doing the most that like is 
stopping to go, you're doing it wrong. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not in that zone. They're not focused yeah. on what you're doing. They're in their own lane. They're doing, you know, what makes them feel good or happy. And I don't know, I'm in a weird existential place, but I feel like I was born this way. So, um, I could talk on and on and on for hours with you yeah. about this, but I'm just so glad you were able to come on. I, I've been like, what do we talk about? Um, Always, there was what like, are you working on right now? Oh, what am I working on? Well, yeah. I've been working for a while on an, a capital O offering that I am hinting about on Instagram. Okay. Um, that's going to come out soon. Um, but I feel like I can't. I'm still just like, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, like a little tight-lipped about it because it's still in process. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exciting. Um, when is this, this going to be out in people's ears? Any day, next couple of days. Next couple of days. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and it's before July 22nd, um, I'm doing a panel with some friends um, on desire, like a bunch of, like a collection of other astrologers. And that's, I'm excited about that. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I like on my Patreon, I just created a new tier this summer that's called the page of pentacles. And it's specifically for, um, people who are like intense astrology enthusiasts who are either early in seeing clients or who are like wanting to orient around seeing clients. So it's kind of like a super affordable group mentorship sort of thing mm-hmm. that I'm really stoked on. Um, what about your deck? Oh yeah. The Rosebud Tarot, the second edition of the Rosebud Tarot came out in June and that's like super exciting. I like beefed up the guidebook from the first edition. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the biggest change. So the guidebook is much juicier, um, than the first edition. Um, so I'm super stoked about that being out in the world. It's been really fun to see even more people getting to play with it now that you can like, you know, it's like published through Wiser. So it's like anywhere that sells Wiser books, Either they have it or they can have it. So if your local witch shop doesn't carry it and you want them to, like, just go ask them. They can they can get it wholesale. Um, yeah, I'm like, am I forgetting anything? I have like some other things coming down the pipeline, but like that's yeah. like literally not until like next spring. So well, just let me know and I can put it in the show notes. We, yeah. Um, I like I will I will leave um I will leave Diana's like information website, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, social media and upcoming events in the show notes so they can find you, follow you mm-hmm. and, you know, check out your Patreon and all of those things. And um, yeah, I'm just, thanks again so much for being here. And um, I'm just like, oh, there's always feel like a sense of peace after talking with you. Oh, like this grounded, <laughs> like this grounded kind of like, oh yeah, we're here. We're doing yeah. this. I mean, I love that so much. I mean, I feel like like Capricorn and Pisces form a sextile with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, it's like, I'm a Sagittarius and you're a Pisces. And like, those are both ruled by Jupiter. It's like a lot of like, uh, like kind of like big grandma energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it also just like stops my Aries from, it's not that I'm like, I'm not trying to hate on all my Aries placements, but like, <laughs> get like I get annoyed with myself. I'm like, take a seat. Mm. Like take seven seats. Yeah. And like, I love your Aries. I'm just like, I get so enlivened by it. So <laughs> well, it's also refreshing. I think there's like a couple of people that I can talk to, like with my Aries, I call it with my Aries placements and like, they don't like rear up. Like, oh yeah. Um, it's like, I I'm know, like, on, I'm like unflappable. No, you're, it's great. <laughs> I'm like, 
Oh, thank God. I don't have to like tone it down. No, if anything, I'm just like, please increase the volume. Come on. This is great. I love it. It's like, I have Uranus on the rising. So like a part of me is a little bit of a chaos goblin and I'm just like, yes, more chaos. Yes. Yes. I see it. And I have Uranus on my mid heaven. Oh God. So does St. Dolly Parton. She's my favorite example of Uranus mid heaven person. She has Uranus on the mid heaven? On the mid heaven. And Gemini. Oh, I had no idea. You know, right. I'm friends with oh, her. Niece. I love her so I'm going to ask her niece about. It. I'm going to let her niece know about this. Yes, I love her so much. Oh my god. Molly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, well, thank you again. Uh, again, everybody give give Diana a follow. Check out what she has going on. Check out the Rosebud Tarot, the second edition. It's beautiful. And um yeah, I just like thanks for being here. Thank you for existing, Marcella. Aww. <laughs> Enjoy, everyone. Uh, blessed be. Mm-hmm.